your Bibles with you this morning will be in the book of Galatians. We'll be in the book of Galatians chapter 1, and we'll start reading with verse 6. Galatians uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 6. And when you get to Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, if you can, uh, please stand to pay reverence to the reading of the Word of God this morning. Uh, Galatians chapter 1, uh, verse 6. As, as a few of you know, uh, last week we were at Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and we're going to follow that up with 6 through 10. Verse 6 says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you, than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so now I, I say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if, it, for, for if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to assemble here together this morning. We thank you for the scripture that you've impressed upon our hearts this week. And Lord, I pray that you continue to help us, uh, continue to go through this service, use the scripture that may be used for the upbuilding of your kingdom. Lord, I pray that there be anybody here that's lost and undone that doesn't know you. Lord, I pray that we don't end this service today without them coming to know you before it's too late. We thank you for the blessings that you placed in our lives. And Lord, I thank you for this uh, service, this memorial service, Lord, that you've placed in our hearts. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. You can be uh, seated this morning now. Within this piece of Scripture in the book of Galatians, if you read Galatians 1, 1 through 5, which we did that last week, we see a sort of a salutation, a greeting by Paul. And Paul is, between all the other letters that Paul writes, when you look at the letter that he writes to the church of Galatia, he seems very short. When he's writing this, he gets to the point very quickly. And if you read every other letter by Paul to any of the other churches, uh, he usually starts off being relatively nice. <laughs> he says, hey, thank you for doing this. Hey, you've done a good job doing that. And I think most people like to hear that uh, from a lot of people. But when you see Paul writing to the church at Galatia, uh, he's sort of being, uh, I want to say, angry a little bit. He's, he's a little agitated when he's writing to this church, uh, obviously for good reason. When we get to verse 6, uh, we sort of see that unfolding. Uh, he starts to he starts in verses 1 through 5 and he says, hey, I'm Paul. Uh, I've been called by Jesus Christ. Uh, there's plenty of people around me that agree that I've been called by, Je by Jesus Christ. Uh, I wasn't called by man. He, he lays those things out to help us know that he has been called by the true and living Lord. And then we get to verse 6 and he starts off, I marvel. He is perplexed in so many ways by what he has heard going on at the church of Galatia. Now, if we read on in the church of Galatia in this, in this letter, we, we understand what's happened. Uh, the church of Galatia has had teachers come in, uh, and they teach that Jesus Christ is King. They teach that Jesus Christ is Lord, uh, and they agree with so many things that Paul taught, but what they did uh, was they added things onto it. They said, well, uh, you, you can believe in Jesus, uh, uh, but you need to be a ceremonial 
ceremonial Jew. You, you need to convert from being a Gentile uh, to being a Jew, uh, and then you can really be saved, is what they stepped in and done. And, and we, we know of churches and we know of denominations or ideologies or whatever we want to call them today that, that teach Jesus and. They teach Jesus and this. Jesus and giving money. Jesus and being perfect. Jesus and baptism. Jesus and other things. But when really, uh, it's just Jesus. And we've we preached that before here, and we've taught that before here. We, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, it's the grace of Jesus that saves us. And that's what Paul taught. Paul set the church of Galatia up, understanding that it only took Jesus Christ in their lives, only took the blood of our Savior to save them. Now, as he left, what happens? False teachers come in. Now, I believe that he had, pre- he had carefully preached the truth. I believe that he was grieved at the truth that he had preached, and now it had been corrupted. I believe that they were teaching salvation by works, is what they were teaching. They were teaching something about grace and something else. And they were teaching this, and they were teaching that Gentiles could do these things, and they were teaching that Christians had to obey Jewish traditions. They had claimed that this was the only way to be saved. And we see three things in Paul's opposition to what they were teaching. He won his wonder in regarding to the desertion. He wondered at why the church had deserted what he had instituted at the church. His wisdom regarding why they had left what he had taught them. And we also see his warning to those people that taught these certain things. So the first thing we see within verse 6 is we see Paul's wonder at why they had deserted. And I started off reading King James. I want to read a little NIV just because it's a little worse. And I, I like what the NIV does to the verse. The NIV does this. Says, I am astonished that ye are so quickly deserting. Now, before it said, I marvel that you are soon removed, and that may sound a little bit G-rated. That may sound, well, they, maybe they didn't uh, get so mad. But when we read the NIV, it says, I am astonished that you are so quickly, what, deserting. Quickly. Now, the Greek word, thamazo, which is to be astounded or bewildered. His astonishment. He was surprised. He was taken a breath. He was he didn't know what to say to the church that had heard his teachings and then had turned around and heard somebody else teach uh, what he taught, but then added things to it. He was surprised. How could you how could you do these things? He wasn't surprised that there were false teachers. Paul was surprised that the church had listened to them. Uh, no doubt Paul had already taught them and already said, hey, there's going to be people that come after me that's going to tell you this, that's going to tell you that, that's going to add on to the gospel, that's going to change uh, uh, what I'm trying to teach you. Uh, and they, he had expected fa- false teachers in Acts. Uh, he had already warned once the uh, church at Ephesus uh, that there would be false teachers coming. So no doubt, uh, I believe that when he set the church up at Galatia, he had taught them these things. Uh, he had sp- expected them to come. And the Galatian church had been taught by the greatest teacher the church has other than Jesus Christ, Paul himself. Paul had been there to set up the church of Galatia. Now, this church wasn't set up by, the, by Paul. Uh, this church wasn't set up by this great leader. Uh, and today, we fall short in so many ways. And This was set up by the greatest teacher ever known. And they had readily rejected what they had learned. Do we think that we're any different? 
Do I, have I seen churches in my lifetime, I'm only 34 years old, have I seen churches have a pastor come in and change every way that the church thinks? It may be to the good a lot of times, but a lot of times it's to the bad. And people are wishy-washy. People will just take whatever's preached. People will take whatever's taught. They won't test what's being taught. They won't test what's being preached. They won't hold on to it and say, yes, this is the truth. I have Scripture to prove it. I have studied. I have prayed. And I agree with this. They'll just take it. Do we not think this is what the church at Galatia was doing? Yeah. People came in. They said, well, that's not quite right. We're going to add to that. And that's what we'll teach. That's what happened at the church at Galatia. Today, I want you to understand, there is still an urgent need for preaching and teaching the central truths of the gospel. We don't have to spend months in the book of Revelation. We don't. We don't have to spend months uh, in particular books that show certain things. We don't have to uh, study and analyze questions for months on end. We know we need to know central truths. We can nitpick and pick at little things, but the real emphasis needs to be on Jesus alone, through grace alone, through professing faith alone. It is Jesus Christ. It is truth and in belief in Him that shall save you. And that's it. I don't have to add on to that. There's plenty of places that will add on to that all day long to try to get you to understanding their way, but that's all it is. It's Jesus. And Paul had already taught that. I want you to realize even men and women here today that have believed in Jesus Christ for years can have their faith subverted. They can. People that have been believing in Jesus and Jesus alone can be easily swayed. I know because I've seen it. I know because I've seen people think that they can improve on the blood of Jesus. We can get better than blood. We can get better than simple truths. We can get better than grace. Isn't that silly? That we think that within ourselves we can get better. The Judaizers here, the, the, these people that, that claim to be Christians, much of their doctrine was orthodox. It went back to being more based on the Jewish religions. Evidently they had recognized Jesus as the Messiah or the church would have never let them stand up and teach because that's what Paul had taught them. No, they do not need to decline Jesus Christ. And they claimed to be the same, but they added to it. They did not deny the gospel. And what they wanted to do was improve the gospel. Isn't that sad? That we think we can improve on the gospel of Jesus Christ. On the requirements, on the ceremonies, on standards. Uh, but anything adding to grace destroys grace. Adding to something that is free destroys it. Adding to something that is freely given on a cross for me and you to claim the name of Jesus Christ, adding to it makes it void. It ruins it. It takes the strength away from it. And when we get to the ending of that verse, it says, "Ye are so quickly deserting, it says in the NIV. and the KJV, it says, soon removed, which is kind of nice. Soon removed. You, you may walk away from it. No, that's not what it's saying. Quickly deserting. You have quickly give up on the things that I have taught you in the church. Paul was surprised that the defection had come so quickly. 
I don't know how long this church had been set up, but Paul, I don't believe he'd got out of town real long. He had unheard somebody came in behind him teaching trash. Teaching, well, that you, you need to be ceremonial Jew. Yes, you need to be circumcised. Yes, you need to do certain things this way. We, gotta, we have to like this and do that and get this. I don't know what he was doing, all they were teaching. But when we see this, that he was surprised, it says tekeos, which means quickly. It also means readily, easily. They were easily and readily taken away. The church apparently had offered little resistance. They, we like what this guy's teaching. We like what they're preaching. We like what's going on here. And, and they were fickle in their allegiance to Paul. It took nothing to get away from what Paul had set up. They quickly and easily came, over the, came into the influence of heretical certain teachings. They just took it. When we see at the end of that, it says, you're quickly deserting the one who called you. He couldn't understand when Paul is writing this, it would be just as upsetting for most of us, I believe, if we left a church and they were teaching the truth and we, we left for about a month or two and we came back and they were teaching uh, the gospel that we had heard before and something else on top of it. Wouldn't that be sad? We, we would feel, I, 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 my wife will tell you, Zach would probably walk out when he walks into a church and they'd be teaching something with Jesus and something else. And not only were they deserting the truth, they deserted the truth from the one who called. And the one who called is the grace of God. It is Christ. They had readily deserted the teachings of the one that called them, which is Christ. They had given up what Christ had laid down. They said grace is not good enough from that old cross. Grace is not good enough. The blood that was shed is not good enough. The stone that was rolled away was not good enough. We need something else. And if today, if we really sit back and analyze this and we, we put ourselves in Paul's shoes, we say, yeah, uh, Paul taught something so simple, uh, something so easy to grab onto and hold onto. It was the love of Jesus and the blood shed on the cross that saved them. And belief in Him is what has saved me. And how easy it is to say, that's not enough. That's not enough. That's what the church had done. So sadly today we have people, and maybe you today, I don't know what your opinion is on the grace, but grace is enough. The love of Jesus is enough. You don't have to do anything special. You don't have to be baptized. You don't have to call upon somebody else's name. You don't have to pray to angels. You don't have to go behind a veil and, pray, and confess your sins to a priest. You don't have to do these things. It is Jesus. And faith and grace and belief in Him. That is what they had deserted. And the Galatian Christians, uh, not only did they get confused, they were actually deserting Jesus. Give it up. They even have a little bit of Greek word there. It means pretty much military desertion when they left. The Greek verb is reflexive. It indicates the act is voluntary. They had voluntarily left. They'd give up. Believers were not passively being removed, as, as the King James kind of shows us. They, they were removed. No. They give up. They passed on it. They said, this is enough for us. The next part of this that we'll look at is Paul's wisdom regarding the deception. In verse 7 in the NIV, it says, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. I really like how that reads in the NIV. I'll read that again. Which is really no gospel at all, is what Paul's trying to say. 
Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. People are trying to confuse you and mess up everything that I've tried to teach you about Christ. We back up, and when Paul's already said, I've been caught by Christ, there was no man involved. I am a messenger of Christ. There are people all around me that agree that I am a messenger of Christ. And when I'm writing this to you, know that it's the truth. And he gets to this truth here. You have been fooled in believing something that means nothing. What you are being taught, what you have adopted, what you have put in place here is a different gospel in verse 6. It's not only this one message of the good news. This is the gospel of salvation by God's grace through man's faith. Any message that is more or less is not the gospel is what he's trying to say. Sometimes the church needs to be reminded that that's all it takes. If you need anything other than the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you need anything other than what I've told you, that blood shed on the cross, the belief in Him, and that shall be saved, calling upon the name of Him, loving Him, living for Him, that's all it takes. doesn't take anything else. I could go on a street corner and I can go up here, I can print out pamphlets and try to teach you something else. I could preach something else to you, Lord help us. But that's not what the church is for. There is a danger to deception. Paul continues to write and he talks about these false systems. Because of their deception, false teachers such as these particular group here were more dangerous than the ones that openly denied Jesus. Can y'all believe that? I believe it. I believe the ones that openly deny Jesus, obviously Christians know, well, that's not right. That can't be right. But the ones that say, yes, we believe in Jesus, He died for your sins, we also have to do this over here. That's easy to get in. That's easy to sneak in false truths. It is. A lot of us, we may not realize it, but we're hearing false truths in places and it's easy to sneak in there because it's just slid right in. Yeah, we believe in Jesus. But you got to do this too. Better have your name on the roll. You won't get to heaven. Better do this. Won't get into heaven. I don't have to call out denominations. or I don't have to call out particular people. That's the truth. False systems labeled as Christianity distort the nature and the work of Jesus. They do. Those who deny Christ altogether, that's easily noticed. But those who claim to teach and follow Christ while undermining the gospel are more dangerous. And I know because I've seen it. I know because I've heard it. I know because I've experienced it. I know because I have heard Christians start to question certain things. They believed in Jesus. They had these things going on in their life. And then all of a sudden, they've heard something else. They've heard false teachers. Did Paul write this letter and say the whole church of Galatia is going to hell? Didn't say that, did he? Paul's writing this letter to help them. Paul is writing this letter here that says, Hey, you guys... There's something wrong here. There's, you guys, you got to wake up. You have to go back and listen to what I've taught you. And figuratively, this, uh, this has a deep emotional disturbance in the Greek word, which is to shake back and forth. They've been agitated. 
Uh, he, he has been, they've been stirred up. It is a word It's used by King Herod in, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 3, when he's talking about him hearing of the birth of the King of the Jews. You, hear the, you see the same word about the disciples when Jesus is walking on the water in chapter 14, verse 26 of Matthew. And the word is used by Jesus when he commands in John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. This same word about being confused, the church being confused, everybody being a tricked, is used in multiple places. Paul is warning us of the destruction. And verse 8 through 9, but even, if we're not, but even if we are an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one preached to you, let him be eternally condemned. Now this is from the NIV here. As we have already said, so now I say, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally what? Condemned. <clears throat> Paul does not say that he or a messenger from heaven was going to preach any other gospel. He wasn't going to change it. And that's what we have to really understand and think about when he's writing to this church of Galatia. He, he's, he's merely using hypothetical possibilities for this illustration. He's, he's using this passive, this passage directly speaks against such claims as certain churches do. They're going to be eternally condemned. Condemnation was pronounced on anyone who proclaims a different gospel. If it is contrary to what Paul has preached, it is contrary to God. Those were pretty harsh words, church. Those are pretty hard. They're going to be condemned. You should not listen to those people. Those people should be ex escorted out. You don't need to listen to them. You need to get away from them. Uh, if you can't get away from them, uh, uh, set a place up over here for them to go to. Uh, uh, tell them you're going to meet here and meet over there. Get rid of them. Okay? Condemn them. Say, that's not right. The church today, sometimes uh, we let things go. I've been in churches before and heard things talk. And somebody speak up and say something and say, well, that isn't right. How can that be right? There's no, no gospel related to that. There's no, uh, there's no science related to that. There's no nothing related to that. Uh, how can that be true? And I've heard churches be quiet. Let it be taught. Let it be accepted. I learned a long time ago that I needed to quit preaching opinions. I would read opinions. I would read a, a certain books. I would read a, a different parts of things that are wrote. And I would say, yeah, I, I like that. And change my mind to focus on that. I would even teach and preach ideologies, theologies, church. That's dangerous. That's really dangerous. The church today has to focus on the truth. And that's Jesus Christ died for us. That's His blood that was shed on a cross was for me. It was for you. It was for every one of us. It was for everybody in this world to be saved. I'm glad that Jesus died on that old cross was buried in an old tomb, and He rose again so that I may live. That's the truth, church. If there's anything else you need to hear this morning, it is the truth that Jesus' grace, the love that He bestowed upon us on that cross is all we need. And that's it. I'd like to get up here and tell you like, you need to join Union Hill, but that would be a lie. <laughs> Boy, I'd like to tell you i got to dunk you in a lake or a pond or a baptistry. That would be a lie, too. I'd love to say that you have to drive a Chevrolet, so all y'all drive Chevrolets. I'm going to wake y'all up in a minute. What a joke. you got to wear certain things to church or you ain't a preacher. That preacher ain't wearing a suit and tie. He's probably, probably not a real preacher. 
I've heard that too. I got suits at home, don't y'all worry. Do we really accept the gospel for how it's presented? The gospel, the truth, the blood, the love of Jesus Christ. Do we get the picture that God does not want His Word twisted? Do we understand that we don't want things added to Jesus and something else? Do we get the idea that it's better not to preach unless you better preach it right? I hope. You better believe there's been some times in my life I've had to sit down at home and really think about what I preached the Sunday before and say, boy, I don't know if that was right. I better preach it right. God, uh, God's Word shows us we better preach it right. Paul teaches us, if anything going on in that church at Galatia, it better be right, it better be the gospel, and it better not be anything other than what I've told you the gospel is. I hope that today we've all accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's it. That's all it takes. And God will put an awful curse on all who preach a different gospel. Lord, help those that preach false teachings. Lord, help those churches that are influencing certain people to believe something that's made up fairy tale and added on to the end of the gospel. A long time ago, I have been taught multiple things. I've heard multiple things. I have taught multiple things. I've already confessed that I, at 20, 20 years old, 25 years old, when I was a younger Christian, I'd heard certain things, taught certain things. I thought I was doing good. I got a little older and I said, that wasn't right. Why was I teaching that? Why wasn't I just teaching Jesus? We have uh, so many things that we can teach. I can go and fill up a bookshelf of ideas and opinions on the gospel of Jesus Christ and, or what certain things mean and how they're spiritual, how they're abstract, how they're certain ways. And yes, I have looked and learned and tried to absorb as much of that as I can over the years. But it's almost pointless. The main truth is that Jesus loves you. Jesus came. He died for you. He was put on a cross. He was crucified. He was buried. He rose again. Praise the Lord. And eventually He ascended. He's on the right hand of the Father bearing intercessor for you and me. There is no other truth. There's no better truth. You can try to make it better all that you want to. But it don't get no better than that. It don't get no better then Jesus loves you. It don't get no better than He died for all. That all may be come to acceptance. That all may come to repentance. It, Jesus doesn't want anybody to die and go to hell. He doesn't. If you die and go to hell, it is your choice. <laughs> you did it to yourself. Jesus loves you that much today. He loves you enough that He's got open arms. I like to think of Him crucified on the cross. He's just got His arms wide open, dying on that cross, accepting the world. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've been, no matter where you've been, no matter what your uh, certain history is, Jesus loves you. He does. And I don't care what you've done in your life. He'll forgive you. He'll love you. He'll save you. And He'll put you on the right path. I know because He did it to me. He loves you. This morning, church. As a, a good a verse of some song ready this morning. I want you to know, I want you to think, I want you to think about the gospel that you've heard in your life. I want you to think about how you accepted Christ. And if you accepted Christ any other way than belief in Him, if you accepted Christ any other way than through grace, which is free, 
You can't buy your way in. You can't do a certain thing. You can't uh, say a certain thing. You know, there's not a prayer highlighted in the Bible that says you've got to pray this to get saved. This is not there. I haven't found one. But it says belief in Jesus. Faith. Ain't it good to know that He asks so little for us and He'll give us so much? That's why people add on to it so much. It's just too easy. That's too easy to do those things. And I hope today that each and everybody here, that if you've been saved, you know about that faith. It just took believing in Jesus and accepting Him as your Lord and Savior. As we stand, what page you got?